Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining uh, us for our uh, Mission Month uh, In-Step series, where we've been going through uh, Acts 15. Uh, two weeks ago, Murray uh, kicked us off uh, by looking at verses 1 to 5 in Acts 15, uh, giving us the background uh, of the Council of Jerusalem, where the early church uh, met to discuss a, a very particular uh, important issue. And that issue was to was to talk about whether people needed to uh, follow Jewish traditions in order to be saved. And last week, Melinda talked about being in step with Jesus. Uh, she, fo she focused on verse 6 to 11, where the Apostle Peter uh, spoke to the council about how God had taught him that the gospel uh, was for everybody. So this week, I'll be talking about being in step uh, with others and focus on verses 12 to 21. So let me pray and ask God to help us as we uh, look at this verse. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for our journey through uh, Acts 15. Uh, Father, we pray that you would open our eyes uh, to see Jesus, uh, that you open our ears to hear him uh, speak to us, and that you open our hearts um, to respond in faith to what you have to say to us. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Being in step with others... Um, this is a phrase that got me thinking uh, about ballroom dancing. Uh, not because I'm passionate about ballroom dancing. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm totally hopeless at it. Uh, but it reminded me of my brother, uh, who did a lot of ballroom dancing uh, many years ago. In fact, he would win uh, competitions. And he taught Joe and myself how to, um, how to do our bridal waltz uh, for our wedding reception uh, many years ago. Uh, I remember we would go to my brother's house uh, weeks before our wedding day and, and practice uh, how to dance. And two things that my brother taught me uh, that were particularly important uh, with ballroom dancing, and they were to keep in step with your dance partner and to man maintain a good posture uh, when you dance. You see, when you do these two things well, uh, you get a beautiful performance. Um, but if you don't, well, things do get quite ugly. Being on God's mission is like ballroom dancing. Uh, we need to be in step with Jesus, who leads us in the dance. And we need to adopt uh, good missional postures that lead to a beautiful demonstration of the gospel. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about three uh, missional postures that I see from our passage in Acts 15. Uh, to help us to be in step with others as we carry out God's mission uh, in the world. So let's take a closer look. The first missional posture uh, is listening. And where do we see this uh, in the passage? Well, have a look with me in verses 12. After Peter shared uh, with the council that God had taught him that the gospel was for everybody and not just for the Jews, uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, took the floor and reported about all the things that God had done through them uh, among the Gentiles. And you can read about that in, in Acts 13 and 14. And verse 12 tells us that the whole assembly, the whole council became silent as they listened to Paul and Barnabas. You know, the council would have heard about Paul and Barnabas' experience in Pamphylia, where many Gentiles uh, put their faith in Jesus as a result of hearing the gospel. They would have heard of all the amazing uh, miracles that Paul and Barnabas would have done uh, among the Gentiles. So the council had a good 
listening posture. They were considering a huge and sensitive uh, theological issue, which could have turned ugly if they had not adopted a listening posture. Uh, Peter Scazzaro, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, uh, talks about incarnational listening, which I think is a great term to describe what we're talking about here. Incarnational listening is not just listening with our, with our ears, it's about listening with our eyes, listening with our whole being, listening with our hearts. It's about being present in the moment as you listen to others and what they have to say. It's not pretending to listen and then thinking about what you're going to say next. Have you ever been in an argument where you're not on the same wavelength as the other person? You're, you're listening, but you're, you're thinking about what you're going to say next. You hear the person's words, but you're not hearing uh, the person. You're not hearing their heart. You know, we live in a world that is in need of good incarnational listening right now. There is so much hurt, so much pain and tension in our world at this very moment in our world history. In Australia, in 2020, you know, people have gone through so much. Uh, we've had droughts, uh, we've had bushfires and, and floods, and now the coronavirus pandemic. And on top of that, we've got racial tensions. The church, more than ever, uh, needs to adopt this missional posture of incarnational listening if we are to be effective in God's mission. We need to listen to one another in the church, and we need to listen to others outside the church. If we are to be effective in proclaiming the good news of Jesus to others outside the church, we need to listen to their stories, and we need to understand the situation and their concerns. You know, post-COVID-19, there'll be heaps of people with heaps of stories to tell. How would you and I uh, listen to their stories? Uh, let me briefly share uh, of our experience in Malawi. Uh, incarnational listening is something that Joe and I have had to do uh, in our time in Malawi. Uh, we've been in Malawi for, for about eight years. And I remember in our first year on the field, uh, we've had to do intensive uh, language learning and cultural learning uh, in order uh, for us um, to, to listen to the people that we were uh, serving uh, with and walking alongside. Because we understood that if we wanted to be effective uh, in our ministries in Malawi, uh, we had to come with a listening heart. And that's how ministry started for us. Uh, for Tiamike, uh, it was Joe listening uh, to, a to a request uh, from one of the female leaders in the church um, who had a deep concern for the, for the vulnerable uh, women in her congregation. And she asked Joe whether she could walk alongside them and teach them how to sew. In the same way for our Mtengo uh, ministry, our ministry with uh, unemployed youth, it was listening to church leaders um, talk about their concern for the many young people in Malawi. In Malawi, we've got about 75% of the population under the age of 30, uh, and many of them are unemployed. So listening helped us uh, to identify the gaps or the needs through which we could walk alongside the people to demonstrate the love of Christ. If we are to be in step with others, 
we need to cultivate uh, this missional posture of incarnational listening. The second missional posture that we can adopt is to examine Scripture. We need to understand God's position on the issue that we're considering. We don't just blindly accept what other people are saying at face value without looking at what God has to say about it. Where do we see this principle uh, worked out in our passage today? Well, we see this in verses 15 to 18. You know, James had listened to Peter, uh, Paul and Barnabas, and, and had considered uh, what they had to say uh, in light of what God had to say in His Word. You know, James would have known uh, the Scriptures well enough for him to be able to say in verse 15 that the words of the prophets are in agreement to this, as it is written, and he quotes this, this obscure passage in, in Amos chapter 9, uh, verses 11 to 12, which speaks of God's promise uh, to rebuild His temple so that the Israelites, as well as the Gentiles, could come and seek Him. You see, it's not a new idea. It's always been God's intention for the Gentiles to be part of His family. Remember God's promise uh, to Abraham in, in Genesis 12 that all nations will be blessed through him. And we know that this promise was fulfilled in, in Jesus. In Jesus, we have been blessed. Uh, through his death and his resurrection, uh, we have new life, we have new hope, and we have a new future. Let me just quickly share another story uh, from Malawi to illustrate uh, this missional posture. One of the things that I enjoy um, in my work in Malawi is spending time with young people and, and listening uh, to their stories. And as I listen uh, to their stories, uh, one of the needs that come up is uh, they, they have this deep uh, spiritual hunger to learn God's Word. And they have a desire to want to learn what God has to say about their own culture and how to speak into their own culture because they're facing a lot of issues that are challenging them. And so as a result of this, um, we came up with a next-gen youth leadership development ministry, which, which was to equip youth leaders to understand God's better so that they can examine Scripture for themselves um, so that they can speak into their own culture. A couple of years ago, we, um, we uh, organized a training event uh, dealing with African traditional religion and the gospel to help our young people to see uh, their culture through the lens of the gospel and to see that through the gospel that they are free uh, from the fear of spiritual bondage, uh, free from the fear of um, being cursed, uh, fear, free from the fear of death. And this is true of us today. We need to cultivate this missional posture of studying God's Word so that we can see our own culture through the lens of the gospel. The third missional posture that we are to, to adopt if we are to be in step with others is to stand in the gap. That means, stay, that means taking action for change for the better in light of what we've heard from others and having examined that in the light of Scripture. Standing in the gap is a phrase that comes from a verse in, in Ezekiel, chapter 22, uh, verse 30. You see, God had pronounced judgment against Israel's princes, against her prophets, against her priests, 
uh, for their failure to rule and to teach and to serve God's people. They were supposed to be mediators, people who stood in the gap between God and His people. But instead, they used their power and their privilege to consolidate their own power and privilege. They were only thinking about themselves. And God did not find anyone among them who was willing to stand in the gap between Him and His lost people of Israel. But thankfully, we, we see in our passage in Acts today that James, the chairman of the council, uh, he must have been a prominent uh, person, a member of the early church. In fact, he was the brother of Jesus. But he rose to the occasion and stood in the gap. He took action and he made the call. Having listened to all the voices uh, on the issue and examined it, examined it in light of God's word, James made the judgment in verse 19 that they should not make it difficult. They shouldn't make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. It was very countercultural and a key turning moment uh, in, the early, in the early church. Imagine if, if James had not made that judgment. It would have been a great injustice against the gospel. Culture would have trumped over grace. And the early church would have been out of step with Jesus. To be in step with Jesus, our ultimate mediator who stood in the gap between us and God, we are to stand in the gap for others so that they may come to know Him. Like Peter and James, Paul and Barnabas, we need to stand in the gap against the barriers that get in the way of people coming to know Jesus. What are the barriers that we can so easily put in front of people that stop them from coming to faith in Jesus? What are the gaps? What are the gaps in our world and in our community today that we as Christians can stand in for the sake of others? They could be spiritual gaps. They could be economic. They could be physical, uh, racial, social gaps. You know, we bear the name Christian, but sometimes I think, we might take that too lightly. Uh, Christians literally means little Christ. The term was first used of the believers in Antioch in Acts 11. And so it reminds us that we are little Christ walking around in our neighborhood, standing in the gap for the sake of others, pointing people uh, back to God. Again, let me share another of our experience in, in Malawi. And again, I'll come back to the story of, of Tiamike. You know, for Joe, having listened uh, to the need on the ground to help vulnerable women and girls, uh, she listened to God and knew from God's word that he cared uh, for the vulnerable. Passages like Proverbs uh, chapter 31, verse 8 to 9, had a big impact on her. And it says, speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, uh, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And that's what standing in the gap for Joe looks like. Empowering vulnerable women who are un undervalued and unappreciated in, in their own society. And helping to bring God's shalom and God's peace um, to them. What would standing in the gap look like for you?
being in step with Jesus and being in step with others should naturally lead us to taking action. Today, let me encourage you to to make a commitment to stand in the gap for someone so that they may come to know Jesus. God has called the church, has called you you and me to be part of his mission in the world. And you and I have a part to play in it. Like ballroom dancing, you know, if we want to do that well, we need to be in step with Jesus and adopt missional postures that will help us uh, to be in step with others. Today, I've just highlighted three missional postures that I've uh, gleaned from Acts 15, which I hope has been helpful for you. And they are incarnational listening, examining Scripture, and standing in the gap. May God help us as we seek to do these things in Dural and beyond. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father God, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that we've had to uh, go through this passage this, uh, this morning. Father, I pray that you would help us uh, to have that posture of incarnational listening, to have the posture of studying your word and understanding your word, and have that posture of standing in the gap so that others may come to know you. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen.